This week on the Push Wallets podcast, we talk about qualifications. What do we need on your CV? How to run a little six week weight loss. And of course, it's a quiz for Dan Nutrition Top 10. Ready. And three, two, one. We've checked the UKPTs group. We're ready to go. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Poor Legs podcast with myself, Dami. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on, bro? Did we establish if I did that last week or not? I can't remember. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't listen to it back. I should probably do that. Well, it's out, to, it's out this week, isn't it? It's out, it's out in like two seconds. Well, whenever, at, at some point tomorrow morning, yeah, it'll be out. So as people, mm. yeah, we've got that one week lag because we're so organised now. Well, that's it. We have that. We do have a bit of a lag. Okay, cool. Anyway, yeah, hope, uh, hope all is hope all is well with everyone. Hope everyone had a uh, had a. Well, we're, we're getting a week behind. We're filming this uh, the day after Easter Bank Holiday, so hope you had a great time. Mm. Easter Bank Holiday. Well, that is the best bank holiday in it. I think. It's you know, like good. all the others. You know, like all the others where you get like you know the May Bank holidays. You get the August. What, I think there's one in August. Is there one in August? Yeah. No, I can't remember. There's, um, a, there's one late. I feel like there's a late bank holiday in August, isn't there? Yeah, I feel like there is. I just like always it. feel like, like even with all like the half terms with schools and stuff as well, like I just feel like Easter, it's just like such a good bank holiday weekend. Usually. Um, I think it's just because it's the start of like the summer, isn't it? I always feel like it's the start. It's the first one you've had where the clocks have gone forward. You've got a bit more yeah. light. You know, I feel like it's the start of it. People start to realise, oh shit, summer's on its way. You know, we've got this time off. It would be nice in summer. Yeah, it's just my view it's of it's yeah. good. I I ate. We ate outside, like at home at my parents' house. That's yeah. the the first time we did eat. Like we ate outside, and then we ate dessert inside because it got cold. Um, but oh, we, wow, the intention cool. was there because we were like we're British. No, we're gonna stay outside for as long as we can, whilst yeah. it's not. Yeah, and then we're like it's a bit cold in it. We should probably go inside for dessert. <laughs> but yeah, okay. <laughs> it yeah. was uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I ate a lot. Well, I've gone, obviously I'm diet um, because, yeah, why not? Because um, I want to. And the whole Easter weekend, I realised it's a week week over, but yeah, I've gone for the uh, the method of eat as all of the gifts or Easter eggs that I got given as quickly as possible um, and just get it over and done with because, yeah. Yeah, it's like all or nothing for me. I can't do the whole pick at it. I did go, it did go through my mind because I knew I'd get a few Easter eggs, you know, just because, you know, knew that popular, and I, um, yeah, right. but <laughs> I was just like, I'm splitting through them. So I had like at least one and a half on Sunday. I think I had at least one and a half yesterday. I've got like a one and a bit to go. So that'll be seen off tonight, I think. If not by midday tomorrow, yeah. um, mate. I wish yeah. I had a big stash. I had a big stash. We got Isabel. We got a one lint bunny, which I ate, and then she got <laughs> a sausage dog from Marks and Spencers. They had like a little chocolate sausage dog, so she got that. But she, um, she's not big on her sweets. To be fair, one thing about Isabel, to be fair to her, she does like the odd sweet here and there, but she would never sit and eat a whole Easter egg. She just wouldn't do it. it just doesn't have that. She just doesn't have that hunger. She doesn't really like me and me and Laura. Not me and Laura. Like we barely eat anything. And she's got the same thing. She just doesn't really eat a lot in one go. So she just, you could leave her loads of chocolate and she wouldn't eat it all. You know, some kids would just be like, 
make themselves sick, just eat everything. Yeah, you. That is me. <laughs> me to a T. I have definitely done that where I've been like, even as an adult, eating too much chocolate and then regretted it. Be like, Ugh. yeah, that's mm. a, that's a common commonality, um, unfortunately. But yeah, good good Easter weekend. I got back out playing golf. Um, slightly hungover playing golf is not always a good thing. So um, it is not, is it, Tom? No, but we're all good. We're all good. We've got to put my practice in before um, Dan versus Tom round three. Didn't really count. I think the first it's going to be official, together, isn't it? It? official round three. Yeah, I think it's one official all, round three. Yeah, it's one or like. But obviously, last time, if we were counting singular wins, then I'm up. But we're not. not it, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but this time around as well, though, we've only got. Uh, I mean, we've all, we'll have played the courses the same amount of times as, as each other, pretty much. Like, I've only played Jazz Links one more time than you, but you've played it twice mm. now. Once no, I've once. played Jazz Links once. Once. This will be my third time and your second. Mm. And all the others are brand new courses, so you can't even get me on the and whole... Like, when we played it the week. first time, Dan had a complete meltdown, and I played really well. So I, yeah. I will enjoy it again. Yeah. I played better the second time I went, though, with, yeah. when I went with Suck. I think I shot... Is that shot 81? 80? I what shot. So, yeah. I quite like that course. That's more my style of course, I feel. I, I love it. I I just wish, well, I say this to the there's to someone, I just wish it was closer because mm. the membership there isn't actually very expensive. Um, yeah. No, it's not at all. And and it's a really, really nice course. Uh, it's mm. the only course out of all the ones that, again, we'll see after we've, 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 we've finished playing them. But there are some courses around here, like, for example, to pay to play at my course costs more than it does at Yaslinks, which is ridiculous because it's no way near the same level. Um, yeah. So it is really worth worth the money. It's the one place I don't mind paying for because it's just such a good, such a good place to play golf. Um, so yeah, that'd be fun, won't it, mate? That'd be good fun. We got um, I've got a few weeks to get back into form. I'm not in form at the moment. To be fair, I hit my 69, and then after that, I've been a bit a bit a bit shaky. Um, <laughs> but it's because I changed my putter grip, didn't I? That wasn't a good idea. Oh, literally after the round, literally after <laughs> that round, the day after I changed it, and I was like, that's not a good idea. So I've got to get used to that a bit. But yeah, we're all good, mate. We're all good. Can't complain. Can't complain. It's sunny. It's warm. It's going to be warm when we play as well. That's the other thing. Some of the times we're playing in the afternoon. But you know, it's true. I'm going to be... Test for everyone. I'm going to be fucked. I, I will be incredibly red. I need to buy mm. as much sunblock as possible. I, that is advisable, Tom. Yes. Yeah. Don't worry. I will be there. I'm, I'm the person who reapplies about three to four times during like the three four hours of playing golf and Dan just laughs at me but yeah yeah, yeah. skin cancer in it it's, it's not good it's not it's not a laughing matter is it so I'll be that like I'm 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 cool I've got my my I put my my moisturizer with SPF on every morning yeah you're that, so cool man fun. mainly because like I feel like I'm getting old as well because yeah wrinkles in it so don't want those you are, you are, apparently you it's are, the uh the, the trick is uh, as much sunblock as possible, apparently. So, yeah, all good. Um, what's been happening in your week, Dan? Is anything not been... a lot, mate? To be honest, not a huge amount. Obviously, it's been a bit chilled on it with Easter. Um, mm. Noticed it considerably over the weekend. Less texts from clients, less things going on. I think less people just on Instagram in general. Um, people do. Yeah, I, again, that's the I thing. That's the thing I like about yeah. the weekend is I think it's like because it's a longer weekend again with Easter. It's like people do take a holiday and they do switch off from stuff. Like I had a few coaches say, oh, "I'm going to switch off this weekend." I'm like, yeah, cool. Like that's yeah. kind of like what I think is good for. But other people are going to be doing the same thing. So you know, it's. Um, yeah, I think it's. I think it's. That's why I quite like it. 
Yeah, I made the conscious decision of like, I just did my normal check-ins on Friday morning. And then I was like, yep, yeah, that's me done. I was like, I'm not going to do touch it until Tuesday morning. Um, I had a couple of like WhatsApp, as you generally do, but like um, messages to send. But I was just like, nope, everybody, I'm out of office until, yeah, Tuesday morning. So, which was nice. It was good. It was needed as well because my whoop band was telling me off. Uh, but I think that was because I was burning at both both ends. Right? So, yeah, don't burn your whoop band, mate. That'll ruin it. <laughs> don't do that. All the whoop. All the whoop. I've got like. I look forward actual... to seeing how your whoop, what your whoop says about the weather over here, whether it notices a change in your sleep patterns or your. You know, oh, your true. Yeah. Te- body be temperature like... would be interesting. I it? mean, my body temperature is too high anyway. Uh, it tells oh, me. God. Well, you're, you're yeah, trouble, my, well, my skin temperature and stuff, it's always like, you ele- elevated. But I do wear long sleeves fairly mm-hmm. frequently, which would elevate my skin yeah. temperature. And also, I am the warmest human being ever go- like going. I just don't get don't get that cold. Um, yeah. Did I mention that I got a new aura ring? Did I say? Did, did I give a shout-out? Yeah, out yeah, you said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, definitely, it's definitely an improved... Um, Aura ring. So like before, my sleep scores were just always really, really bad. Um, and I'm consistently now getting better scores. I don't know if it's because it, it reads things a bit better. If it's more up to speed or if just that's my my own bias, I prefer it because I think it's right now. Um, <laughs> I was just worried yeah. that my sleep was really, really bad. And now it's actually like starting to be better. The sleep scores and readiness scores seem to be more appropriate for how I feel, which is quite interesting. Like I know when I have mm. a good night's sleep, and I look back and go, oh, I have had a good night's sleep there. Um, stuff like that so it's been quite it's quite useful and i'll trust the data a bit more um now that i've managed to i why well, i told them that my um battery was bad and i didn't think it was and then lo and behold they were like no it is bad I was like, oh, okay brilliant <laughs> um so that's um so that's good uh, yeah my, and I, it has been a conscious like since i've got whoop i definitely have trained more and done stuff better there's a, there was a there was a, a post actually in UKPTs that was talking about like wearables and stuff like unless you're an elite athlete is it actually good to have one and you can see by me and Dan we're not elite athletes and we would say well, definitely speak for yourself my golf <laughs> game's trending that way so <laughs> is it okay um, yeah. yeah I would definitely say yeah fuck it if you could afford a wearable um, I would definitely it's such a motivator for me massively like um yeah i think uh, yeah i I think it it definitely makes you think about things a little bit differently like i always want to check my sleep and my resting heart rate and if i'm getting fitter or not like again little daft things that since i started playing more football being more active um my heart rate resting heart rate has come down like no no shit sherlock right um Hmm. with that sort of stuff um we'll put it put it in perspective so i i've worn mine for just over a, a month now so just for march i got it on march the 8th and I actually trained, so over, I guess that's 20, 22 days or so. I actually trained 12 times. That's far better than I normally would do. Mm. So, and activities, I did 20. So that was golf and stuff. So I, and I ran. So actually, yeah, I, I trained 14 times. Fucking wow. hell. I need to calm down. You're about to say, um, mate, calm down. You can do something. <laughs> you know you're Jesus. old now. Fucking hell, Fucking hell. I need to, yeah, I need to, what is going on? But still, uh, again, the functional fitness stuff is still shit. Um, it's still wank. Yeah. It's just non-existent. But what was interesting was the golf stuff. I I carried and walked um, 
on which Dan doesn't do. Um, on <laughs> he's too posh. No, um, only because he's not loud, mate. Let's just come. He's not lazy. He's just not loud. It's lazy. He's a lazy, lazy cunt. Um, I walked and carried, and my heart rate would have been elevated because I was slightly hungover. Um, but I was in zone two for at least like an hour. I said zone one, zone two stuff for over two hours, three hours of that that round that I was played. It was the slowest round in the world. You would hate it. Like five hours to me. Oh, fuck but, uh, kill me now. Four <laughs> hours is too long. I know. It was so, it was so slow. The we got around the other day. So- me and I was playing with, with one of the lads, um, and we, at the halfway mark, we were left to do after doing nine holes. We did the first nine in an hour and 20, and then we did the second nine in an hour and 10. Like, that's how you play golf. Like, that's <laughs> like, that's I can't. Ha- and the thing is, we, we finished the other day and we were like, we don't even think we play quickly. It's not even like we run up to the ball and hit it. Yeah. Like, you still look, you still take your time, you think about what you're doing. Like, I don't get how people play so slow. Like, I don't understand what they're doing. Like, even on puts and stuff, we're reading them, we're taking our time, thinking about it. Like, it's not like you just rush in and do it. Yeah, I can't work out what people are doing, but then you realize people are hitting it into the bushes and, you know, yeah. finding it. And I get that side of it. Like, we don't do that as much, but still, you see people taking time over all these shots. And I'm like, oh my God, mate, come on. Like, you know the ones Never that wait. You know the ones yeah. that wait, and they're two hundred fifty yards away from the from the green, and you can see that they're not ever going to hit the green, and they just wait <laughs> top it but my, yards. But my HRV data has definitely trended higher. Um, obviously, yesterday was bad, but yeah, it's definitely getting higher. I don't know. Um, what's, what's heart rate variability? Is it supposed to be better if it's higher or lower? I can never remember. It's meant to be better when it's higher. So you have a, a heightened response of being able to react to your stimulus, apparently, around you of some sort. I still don't really get it, if I'm really honest. I would have thought heart rate variability would be better if it was lower because yeah. your heart rate, are, your beats are I, I remember, yeah, I remember doing all the, all the research <laughs> into it for the football club. Yeah. It was like, I was reading it, I was like, surely it's better if it's lower. Like, there's less variance <laughs> in your heart rate. Yeah, like, like, I, I don't want be. to see it. It's, I think it's more about how quickly it can adapt. Do you know what I mean? Like, Correct. it goes, yeah. right, we now need to kick into gears. Let's fucking go. Like, yeah. that so, thing. And it's definitely, uh, it's just, obviously, if I've trained, let's say, 14 times in the last 20 days, I've gotten a little bit fitter, probably. So mm-hmm. it's definitely, it trended up with my fitness level. And uh, it definitely trended up with better sleep. It's usually when I sleep badly, it's fucking terrible. And when my sleep is great, it's it's fine. So, yeah, the HRV stuff is interesting. Um, but, yeah. So this month, mine is at 44, when previous month was at 36. So I'm getting better, Dan. So I'm winning. Ooh, anyway, um, yeah. What's mine? I don't know what mine is. Let's find out, don't I? Yeah. Yours, Let's yours find be- out if we do this comparison... This comparison. And, uh, we'll we we'll do a comparison one before before I fly out. I think average oh, heart rate yeah. variability, eighty three. Eighty three. Last night, eighty three. Wow, that's really high. Milliseconds. That's because I'm super fit, mate. Don't worry about it. I've never. And my heart high. rate was my heart rate was thirty nine on average last night. See, I've got my heart rate goes nowhere near that at all. Are you average heart rate variability? Powers? Sorry, my average heart rate variability last night was one hundred three. What? I swear you're getting different readings. I can't get anywhere at that. 103 milliseconds, it says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. I know average for the week was 98. Average for the month was 82. Average for the year has been 73. So it's trending up. Like I definitely think this one's better. 
because <laughs> they're all they're all crazy. I don't think the whoop graph even goes that high. No, look, just to, no, I'm not lying, mate. Look, there you go, one in three. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Well, mine would go nowhere, nowhere near that. Thirty-nine average heart rate, ninety-nine percent oxygen saturation. Yeah, don't worry about that. It's, uh, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I got a eighty-three percent sleep efficiency. That been good. Probably should be higher than that, shouldn't it? But yeah, I feel Maybe. like I feel like the data you get is probably a bit better. Um, it's kind of hard to see some of the averages on this. Um, I'm sure if I looked into it a bit more, I could probably find them better. Um, I wonder if they can. Well, I'm wondering if I can look at it on computer actually, rather than just on the app. Maybe that'll we'll see. Work. We'll yeah. see. Um, when I got my when I got my ring replaced, they gave me a free lifetime membership as well to all the extra oh, wow. things in it because um yeah for the inconvenience. I was like, I've taken a chance, but okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Nice. All right. Um, we'll we'll discuss some topics today then. Um, before we because we we're meant to do an actual show on this with uh, with Nathan, um, because he's like a doctor and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he knows about heart and cardiology and all that. He annoyingly he won't tell us about who the athletes that he works with because uh, he's like, oh, pa- patient confidentiality. We'll try and get him out of it, but yeah, yeah we'll get, we'll get boring. Like, give him some, <laughs> give him some drink before he comes on. I'm always like, because he 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 does medicals for players that are just about to sign places, and I'm like, just tell me, tell me, and yeah, I put, I'll put some money on. And I'll tell, I'll them. tell yeah. like someone. Like, wait, you don't have a clue. Like, and I'll put this money on it, and then yeah, we'll be good. It'll be all good. I won't share the winnings. Don't worry. So <laughs> he's like, no, I'll get done. I was like, no, you won't. Who's you who's won't looking at you? Yes, <laughs> it's fine. All right. Um. So just in obviously, I was in the UK PTs group. Um. But I think this was actually from the My Protein group. And um, I think Dan has a an opinion on this. You work with a lot of personal trainers, as do I. Um, and one of the things on the, t- the topic was, I'm thinking about doing a master PT course. Should I do this? And uh, then which mm. led me on to <laughs> um, thinking qualifications. What? So Dan, you've, been, I guess, employed a couple of coaches um, and I've looked at a, a lot of fucking coaches, and yeah, what do you? Uh, what is the qualifications you want, and what would you? What's your fitness CV? I think with it, like, firstly, the master trainer shit is just like, for me, a bullshit. master trainer bullshit. is um, yeah, is absolutely bullshit, and you earn the right to be called a master trainer. You don't get fucking qualified to become a master trainer. You are either. That's a master what I said. I, li- I literally wrote on it, and I was just like. You realise that you could call yourself Captain Master Trainer right now if you really wanted to. It's mm-hmm. not a title. Um, no. And anyone who is actually a Master Trainer wouldn't call themselves Master Trainer. <laughs> no. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> all. Um, but yeah, in terms of qualifications, like I just think it's really overemphasised. Like, yes, we want some some level of CPD, and you know, you want to make sure that you're you know continually learning stuff and on the pulse with things. But I think that comes nowadays who you follow more than it comes from um, qualifications. I think qualifications are so backwards. I think we've both done enough qualifications to know that you just do the qualification to pass the exam and you don't actually get as much real-world experience as you think you do. Um, So literally, from our point of view, is you need to have a level 3 PT so that you can get insured. I don't say for any other reason. I don't need you to be level level 3 PT qualified because I think it makes you a better trainer. I don't think it does at all. 
Um, it's literally because that's what you need to do to get public liability insurance. Um, simply as that. After that, there's no qualifications that I would be looking for. It comes down to an individual case-by-case basis of like, how much do you know? How much can you apply? What sort of results have you had with people? Um, do I want to spend time with you? Um, <laughs> they're the things that I would I would look at. And again, it's it's funny sitting on the other side now because I remember when you're at uni and you're younger and you go for jobs, you get told it's all about your CV, all about your covering letter. And the more I realize now that that's just to get you through the door, it's just a filtering process really. And actually I would have worried a lot less about interviews knowing now what I know if I'd have gone to them. Do you know what I mean? Like if I'd have turned up to them now, I would be yeah. a, a lot more chilled about certain things and, and people just want to know they got on with you and have a laugh. And I think, I think much like, we talk about social media and how professionalism and all this sort of stuff. I actually think turn up to a, an interview and actually being quite relaxed and yourself and showing personality is is going to be the thing that that's that's going to set you apart rather than you just being a caricature of a personal trainer or a caricature of who you think you should be. I think you're better off actually being yourself rather than trying to live up to this fucking role and say the things you think they want to hear. Because I think that's for me now how I would determine how I would why I wouldn't want to hire someone because they just sound like yeah. everyone else. Mm-hmm. And they're saying the things that they think I want to know. And I don't, I want to know what they're like as human. And I think it's interesting, isn't it? The the experience you get from it on the other side. Cause I'm sure you've interviewed PTs as well and gone, all right, yeah, you know, the books and stuff, mate, but fucking hell, what, what do you do with that situation? Well, I would have to make sure that the area was secure. Oh, fucking hell. No. <laughs> like, do you know, like, it's that kind of shit. That's, yeah. Like in some, some of the interviews and like the quiz questions, also I did like more technical based ones. And, but Again, it's always the feedback of like, I didn't ask, like, I wanted you just to coach the human. And then you ended up reeling off this, 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 this. And I was like, I realized it's an interview kind of scenario, but I didn't ask you for that yet. It's like, Mm -hmm. why is that? I just want you to coach them. I want you to tell them to do something and make them do it. Um, and as long as you've got that, and then I might be like, oh, why are you doing that? Blah, 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 that kind of thing. Especially in an interview scenario. People, like, as an interviewer, I've never asked someone to explain the intricacies of every single thing before I've asked them. I just want you to crack on and coach. I'm trying to see whether you can coach first, and then I might ask, why the fuck are you coaching like that? Or what the fuck are you doing? Is there a rationale to it? It's very uh, just yeah. There's always a preparation when, for that. I did when I was in football. I um I went for an interview at Tottenham Sports Science in the academy. It was I think it was the under eighteen. Mm. No, it was the academy. It was under sixteens and under. I think it was sports science or something like that. And at the time, I'd done some some work and things like that. I kind of knew I knew what goes on in clubs and stuff. I went along for an interview. Um, and I had to got to the practical bit of the interview practical stage where I had to design and implement a uh, sports science or conditioning session for um, eight to 10 year olds, eight to 10 year olds, 10 to 12 year olds, something around that mark. Um, And I had to cover all these bases of all these things and work on these, these performance parameters, right. Of like improved sprint mechanics, change of direction, whatever it was. Right. And I was like, okay, cool. Right. The kids, they want to have fun. I was like, let's just make this as fun as possible. All this sort of shit. Right. And I basically did the whole session and it was kind of like chilled. It was fun having a laugh with the kids, like joking around. Um, and they were at the end, I asked the questions. They were saying, Oh, you know, so, so why did you do this? Why did you do that? I was like, well, you know, this is change direction. This is making it fun. This is goal orientated. This is teamwork, like whatever it was, right. Part of the, the whole game. And the feedback I got at the end of it was that I didn't cover enough of the 
um, sprint mechanics and enough of the like core curriculum of what sports science should be, you know, and all this sort of shit. And I was like, and I, and they basically said, oh, you know, unfortunately, I think it was answer like last three or something at this point. Mm. And I, unfortunately you didn't cover, you know, the key principles that we'd like to see covered in every single sports science session delivered, any, every conditioning session delivered. And, uh, and it was one of those points where I was like, maybe this isn't for me in terms of the academy stuff. Cause I, my response was just like, yeah, they're nine-year-old kids. I just thought it'd be fun <laughs> as well as do this stuff. Like I was like, for me, it was more about them having fun and enjoying the sport more than it was about them making sure that their sprint mechanics were on point. And yeah. they were like, you didn't do anything about like arm. And I was just like, okay, don't worry about it then. Cause I ain't doing that for you. Like, do you know what I mean? It was one of those where the opposite way they wanted, I went in thinking, oh, just like be good with kids, show that you haven't, you know, you can have a laugh and you can think on your feet. No, they wanted it fucking to the T, like textbook. And I was just like, yeah, this is not for me <laughs> at all. So it's just one of those things. Where I think I think it, it just shows that, you know, being yourself is, is always going to be the best thing, I think, um, in, in any sort of PT scenario. Because as much as, again, that, is, that situation is the opposite of what I, what I just talked about. It's not the environment you want to be in. Like, it's not the place you want to be. You don't want to be talking like that to fucking nine-year-old kids. You don't want to be talking that to your clients. Like, how would you actually do this? Um, and that's why I think I think for a lot of people, they go they go wrong. They just think it has to be done by the book every single second, every single day. And like, my God, fuck that. Couldn't think of anything worse. Yeah. Especially, like, I feel like we've run this through before, like qualifications. Don't bother looking for what it gives you. Just don't bother. Like, is it a qualification to give you level three, level four? Or like, is it that exercise referral bullshit or anything like that? It's just like, unless you need it to work with a particular, like, I think the only one you possibly need, and I don't even think you actually do, is the pre and post, like, pre and post, like, pregnancy stuff. That's mm. it. And maybe massage therapy. Because <laughs> did you know that yeah, if you if you don't have that one, you're not actually meant to put your hands on your client. Um, yeah, legally obliged. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I don't understand the whole like SNC. Go and do follow some. There's the like I've got a couple of guys that mentor with me because they want to learn about SNC. They're not interested. I was like, you could go and do an SNC qualification, but I'm going to train you, and we're going to go through talks every other week about things in SNC that I think are way more applicable um, mm. and we'll put together stuff, which is, which is a little bit, yeah, better in terms of, well, of course I'm going to fucking say it's better. It's cutting out all the kind of chaff, right? Um, I don't think any of the, I always find the SNC, like Instagram's quite funny. So SNC, what is it? SNC Cole? What's the, uh, what's the, what's the level four, whatever the level four one is. No idea, um, I think I, I've sent you like some of the coaches doing plyometrics before and it is like Bambi. Um, yes. or it's just like stompy it's, it's quite funny it's all going to start somewhere I guess but yeah it would be for me it would be like it's always look who wrote it look who's teaching it do you resonate with that coach because like Dan with his, you've got the playbook stuff people will buy that because that's an educational tool because they like Dan not because he's got it accredited by Simspar or Active IQ I'm assuming like, like we we went back on it on the PTC stuff, and we were actually an education body. We were just like, fuck it, I can't bother to get endorsed or buy Active IQ. It costs us five grand a year for what? Mm. To have some little points. Crack on. See you later. Um, 
more is like if you're interested in sprinting, go to like Lee Spellman or go to Altus. If you're interested in S and C education, go to Boyle or Exos. Or if you're interested in nutrition, go do some like EIQ stuff or yeah, or or PM. Don't go and do it because I get the title of master trainer. Don't give a shit. Client doesn't give a shit. Um, not not once. I don't actually, may, maybe some people have been like, oh, you've got uh, like a master's degree. Oh, that's good, isn't it? And I'm like, fucking doesn't get me anywhere. Like, it just it enabled me to critically think a little bit better. That's about it. Like, I don't apply much of it. Um, that is it. That is it. And there's, yeah, it's like, it's the case of like, I might, I write, I was talking about this to uh, one of my clients this morning. I was like, one of the only times it's come up that it's uh, let me, be better in my career because I write for my protein, but I get double and possibly like triple my pay because I have a master's degree compared to a level three personal trainer. No bearing on my writing skill whatsoever. Absolutely not. Or the ability to engage or like hold an audience or copyright or whatever, just because I've got a, the apparent level of knowledge. Um, and I was like, I was quite shocked. I was like, surely you should just do it based off my my ability. Um <laughs> and whatever. Like, nope. I get this rate. It's like the whole you spent this much time, therefore you get this much pay. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't really should it should it not be like that you trial me and then the amount of like click throughs I get or mm. how much people time they read my content, that kind of thing should be how much I get paid. But that's always like performance. I think it's a very capitalist way of thinking that how dare I performance based rate pay. Um, yeah, don't be silly, mate. Everyone should get the same. Everyone should get the same. Yeah, yeah, no it's, yeah. I don't know. I just it seems bonkers that, but yeah, like you say, I think it's I think it is drawn into us at a younger mm. age, isn't it? To just you know, qualif- qualifications in education, all this sort of stuff. And and like, don't get me wrong, I think having that desire to learn is important, but I just think that the way it's Definitely. done is like I always think that people are just trying to make money off you. A lot of the time with the very formal qualifications and, and things like that, you don't need that many formal qualifications. And I think the only reason that a lot of businesses and stuff ask for degrees is just because it's a filtering system to go, well, our assumption is you're going to know a little bit more or be maybe slightly more intelligent. But I think even that's changing now. Like I genuinely think even that is changing a little bit. I think with the way the world is now with more entrepreneurs, more self-employed people, the ability to just you know start online businesses quite easily and quite quickly online. I think people are starting to realize that they don't need to go to university and, and you know, that kind of thing. And I'd be, it'd be interesting when Isabel gets to that age, you know, we were talking the other day about like saving up some money for her to maybe go to uni and stuff to help her out. And I was like, well, she may not go. And it's like, you know, it's not about that. It's about maybe helping her set up a business or helping her set something up now. Whereas before it was yeah. just like, it was unheard of. It would be like, no, it would be for university. There's no other option. Correct. Yeah. Now it's like, actually it could be for a business or it could be for, you know, something else. And it's just, just interesting the way the world is going because I think our generation probably the last ones that were really pushed to go to uni and told it was great and it was going to be the the to unlock all the secrets to the world and yeah you realize no nah, not really like yeah it was helpful to get put in the door <laughs> of football clubs but now it's like well I don't need yeah, yeah. what I do and I don't need it for what I do now but um don't refer to any of it that I learned you know maybe on a, maybe on a, on a deeper level I kind of remembered a lot of it but you know it does seem like an awful waste of money when you look back. Um, think about how much we'll spend. I'm not from an experience point of view, it's fucking quality, but you know, from an actual like educational standpoint, the amount of money you spent on it and how much money you could spend that that money on other things and look back and think, fucking hell, mm. 
yeah. you know, what you could do um, with that. But you know, it's it's, it's interesting. I I wonder how many unis will survive going forward in the next few years because I can imagine admission rates are only going down or applications are going down. Surely, I think I don't know actually. Um, I know internationals have gone down, um, but obviously Nathan, so the doctor man, he he's a lecturer and a research fellow at UCL. Um, but yeah, I, I still feel he, I think he's on sports science or sports medicine, something like that. He teaches. Um, yeah, but I think his, they want to expand it because it's still that that high. But that might be because it's like a, like a prestigious university. I don't know. Um, yeah, apparently it says, it, according to UCAS, 320,000 sixth form applications have applied for university places in 2022 compared with 306 in 2021. Well, and bro. almost 50,000 more than in 2019. The latest figures cap a decade-long increase in the proportion of school leaves opting for higher education. I would but not have said a... that. No, because I guess we were always talking about um, kind of, ed... is it edu... edu inflation, that kind of thing? Like Eduflation. Our eduflation. Like, oh, like the degree, the bachelor's degree, like master's degree is the new bachelor's degree, that kind of thing. Oh, more people who hasn't got a bachelor's degree. And you look at our industry, quite a lot of people. It mean, mm. doesn't really matter. But. It's gone on quite a lot, actually. Looking at the year, well, we'd have gone before here, but this is the 2013 numbers were 255,000. And wow. the 2022 numbers <clears throat> were 320,000. <clears throat> I would have graduated from my master's degree in 2013. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think mean, I did mine as well. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus. All right. Uh, well, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have thought it. I mean, um, unless it's something more people feel that they have to do just to even get a fighting chance. Just to eat. Yeah, maybe. I do wonder if, like I said, with the last. But the last four maybe, years, where maybe just been a bit of a shift in culture. Maybe it would be a case of because we've spent quite a well a bit more time in the kind of entrepreneurial kind of self-employment state. That if you did like as many is there like five million people that are self-employed or whatever um, in the UK? I'd imagine if you looked at the the scope of percentage that have degrees to not or like put more into higher education i'd imagine they would be it would be lower in the self-employed status than it is mm. and they'd probably put less emphasis on it and would put more emphasis on business ownership and all that kind of stuff um rather mm. than an employee within a within a skill set and within a very kind of confined role that kind of thing uh, so i guess we've got to be more generalist um, now really haven't we so yeah. know as much as possible around about your industry and then know a, a, a little bit about all the other shit that you've got to do. Um, all right, Dan, I'm going to ask, um, let's, 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 let's move on because there's a, a big batch on what I've seen lately in, and you run a relatively successful six-week program. Um, what would you do if there was like three top tips for setting up a group programming thing what would you do i would make sure that i can get outstanding results on a one-to-one -one basis first so that i know how i can water that service down to make it group coaching and still get great results i mean it has to have a, a very clear structure to it and what to expect from that and i think your one-to-one -one results can give you that authority to be a bit more aggressive with a diet or a bit more 
you know set those boundaries a little bit with group coaching whereas if you don't have that you can end up blurring the lines between group coaching and one-to-one because you want to help a bit more and be nice and i think if you're fully one-to-one you're getting great results you it's easy if you'd set those boundaries um i would say is that number one um number two the other successful part of it um is again definitely be has to be somewhat niche related and i think it has to have similar people in it for it to work as a community feel for the people to to engage and to feel like they're part of something um is really important and the third one would be to make sure that you have continuous challenges throughout it to keep people engaged and have cash prizes things like that to keep people on it and accountable because obviously with it not being one-to-one there's a little bit less accountability so think about how you can incorporate weekly challenges into what you do um that can be strength based it could be nutrition based it could be activity-based it could be creativity on social media based whatever it could be but there's loads of different ways you can do that but they're the things that i would say uh, have really helped us in what we do um with that and just think again about how it's different how is what you're doing different to other people's six-week shreds or plans or or whatever um otherwise you're just another one of those aren't you yeah it doesn't particularly i guess in the in the training world it doesn't lend itself very well. No, because you can't do anything in six weeks, can you really? No, you can, especially with like combine stuff. That's why I've switched to just like monthly programming um, and just going through, but they're still going to test every every quarter. So you have a yeah. two-week testing period every quarter that's just written in um, for everybody that's on it. Um, yeah, but I, I decided, I, I made the push of just like, actually, it was a call, but it was, it was too long for people to be like, I'm going to save the course. They're probably just to... Pitter out because I'm I'm my perfect client, right? In theory. Um, and I do that with my like training. I, I just have a an ongoing kind of thing. So that I think from like a six-week um group coaching kind of thing on the training kind of world, don't really work unless yeah. you're in kind of a sport. Cause I do have one of my mentor guys and we have built um an off-season program just for rugby mm-hmm. players. And that would be like it has to be niched down to yeah. a very specific market. I feel, um, and not just a general thing. So it'd be like, all right, ten weeks to your first Hyrox, that kind of thing. There's probably loads of them. Like, um, I think I've got I've got on one here. It's like fourteen weeks to ten k or something like that. You like to be able to run something like that. Um, I think so. I feel like instead of the generic fat loss stuff. That would be um, if you're going to do a training one. It has to be so pinpoint to what it's the what the outcome goal will be, um, and it's like all right, get fit for or and it'd be like all right, you're going to get fit for rugby backs that may, or like improve your forty yard dash time or all that kind of rubbish. Yeah, I think the thing with it is, like I said, you have to know your niche because the reason you do group coaching is usually to appeal to a wider audience of people because yeah. one to one is obviously more niche related. So the reason that fat loss stuff works better is that more people in the world want fat loss and they want it quickly and they want it in six weeks as opposed to six months that you open yourself up to that. Whereas if you do go down the strength route, the training route, there's just far less people who can be interested for one. Um, it's far harder to find those people too. And then also they gen- they tend to want a more bespoke approach to things because they're like, well, I'm training, I'm into my training, I know what I'm doing. So it can be a little bit um, a bit tougher. Like I said, Tom knows his niche really well because he knows that coaches don't need like the full-on weekly, every single week, um, you know, video check-in and all that sort of stuff. 
but it's still like with you right it's surprising the amount of people like obviously on a, on like a sales call whatever i'll go through those options and then people i'll be like look this is cheaper this is what i think you should probably do because i'm not a complete balance i won't be like i'm going to push you toward this high price product mm. i'm like actually with the way you're training right now blah 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 this might actually be better for you they're like no 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 i want to i want to i want more bespoke i want this like that kind of thing and i'm like yeah, yeah there's a big discrepancy as well per month um not big but you know noticeable i'm like this could be this could work just as well like if i'm really honest you'll be doing some like 80 90 the same shit right there but just mm. a little bit more tailored um like some of the b exercises will be fucking different but yeah, yeah it's interesting um yeah especially working with coaches it's more like the i guess it's the like the footballers and sort of cricketers and stuff like want to be part of a team that kind of thing few of them can do it at the same time and like get paired in together but yeah, I think for more yeah. for more gen pop people, it, I think you just you have to go with the fat loss angle. I've had clients before who've tried doing like a improve your relationship with food, and it's just like no one's interested for a group project no. thing like that. They've tried muscle gain ones; it's like nothing's going to happen in even twelve weeks. Realistically, there's noticeable. Um, no. you know, it, it's just not. So that's why it's unfortunately geared around that a lot. Um, but it's also why as well you need to have that and then be able to distinguish between what that and one-to-one coaching is and why people then need one-to-one coaching off the back of it and why you that's what why you have that service and a product as well um yeah is is the discretion you know making sure you're clear between the two what the differences are and why they need that one-to-one because everyone does right you can't just lose body fat all the time you have to actually mm. grow and learn to make maintenance calories train harder push yourself all that sort of stuff as well so yeah and like, so the, the, I think the key differences between mine stuff, like obviously it's best spoke in terms of when you're talking to me every fucking week, figuring out stuff, actual advice in terms of contact time on the group is zero, near enough zero, apart from like some messages. Um, and it won't be bespoke. Um, and it's like, it's very structured and set out. So like the first bit, they will be on a GPP power phase and then they'll move on to like a contrast training phase and then they'll move on to like a plyometric phase and then it'll test that kind of thing. So it'll be like, boom, boom, boom. That, that is all set out and it ha- that's the, that's the path they follow, right? Compared to when it's one-to-one, those could be in any order in theory based off test results. Um, yeah, which is interesting. All right, Dan, we've got a quiz for you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't think you're going to get any of these. Um, so I put, just just because I thought I'd screw you up, but there was also a BBC article, and it was the most, the 100 most nutritious foods. We're not going to go through 100, because I don't think you're, you're looking tired already, but we'll go to the top 10. Mm. Um, and I feel like... I feel like if you just get, if you get three, I'll be impressed. Well, there must be hard then because you're like, you're sat there going, well, if you get three, right? Okay. Well, I don't know. Well, let's, let's just, let's, let's just see. You're, you're, you're a nutritionist. So, and these are like, well, it's just the hundred most nutritious foods. And I purposely didn't send it to you, obviously, because that'd be, you'd be like, oh, obviously. Um, Good. So we've got, so on here, they do give me the calories. It gives me the price per 100 grams average and a little thing of it and a nutritional score. Don't really know what the nutritional score means. Um, I'll try and look for a uh, a little explanation of what nutritional score means because it might um, it might help us out. Boom, 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 boom. 
Oh, it's There's just be foods that I really hate, I reckon. It's, as well. it's scientists have studied more than a thousand foods assigning each nutritional score. The higher the score, the more likely each food would meet but not exceed your daily nutritional needs when eaten in combination with others. Um, well, yeah, that's that's every food then. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the ideal food, the one that contains all the nutrients necessary to meet, not exceed our daily nutrient demands, uh, blah, 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 calculate and rate by size. It doesn't really give a, a blurb of like what the nutritional score is. I'm assuming oh, like it's going to be the best all rounder kind of thing. You would assume, but it, it probably is the BBC. So um, it won't be. Um, uh, first guess, first one, eggs. Eggs. Eggs in the top 10. Yeah. Eggs are not in the top 10. No. Yes, blasphemous. They should be in there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where they are. I don't want them to scroll. Is there, search, is there a search function on this that I could do? I don't know. There must be. I'm not smart enough to know that. Raspberries. Mm-hmm. No. No. We're, we're two down. Mm-mm. All right. I'll, I'll give you 10 guesses, essentially. To Kale? get three. Kale. It's got to be there. No. <laughs> no, it's not that. I know. Uh, Some weird ones in here, to be fair. Like, blueberries? Blueberries. Is this, was this number four? Blueberries, no. Oh, for fuck's sake. This is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, salmon? Oh, Salmon, it's not there, but there are. I'll give you a little clue one, two, three sources of fish that are in the top 10. And but I don't think you'll get salmon, yeah. I, but I don't, and you're thinking too, too, uh, you're not thinking niche enough, like, <laughs> oh, it's oh, fucking not like goji berries. <laughs> oh, no. Five down. Right, now, now I've got to think about what's in these like superfood salads. I'm like, that's what it's going to be. It's fucking that shit in it. <laughs> what's like I, that's that acai into the acai balls. Acai berry is that a berry? Acai. 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 Uh, that's not in there, but that's, that's how you bullshit. pronounce acai. That's bullshit. Isn't it? Six. Six done. That's... Oh my god! This shows how bad fucking BBC shit is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think everybody who gets nutrition coaching by Dan, it shows how much he's telling you what to eat. No yeah. idea. Wow. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. Oh, my God. I, oh, I was about to say avocado, but I bet that's not even in there either, is it? It's fucking... No, it's not in the top 10. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm actually at a loss now. So, look, the first one that you said, kale, is number 31. Um Broccoli? Um, no, that's not in the top 10, but I did go past broccoli. That's 30. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, do you know what? Oh, I bet there's something seven like Brazil nuts or something like that. Almonds. Oh, there we go. We'll count almonds. We got one. Oh, fuck off. Put almonds in there. Right. Almonds. Almonds. Almonds, according to the scientists, they're the number one. Number Number one. one. Most nutritious food. Ridiculous. (laughs) 
It says 579 calories per 100 gram. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Boom. Um, rich in monounsaturated fatty acids, promote cardiovascular health, mm-hmm. and may help with diabetes. I think I should win a prize for getting number one. Number one's pretty good. I didn't get any of the others, but I got number one. Uh, no, you got right, two. What more are these top ten? Read out these top ten then. No, come on, I've got number right. one. That's all. <laughs> so we're going from ten down. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna lose your shit. I feel. <laughs> you're gonna be like, "What's this? What is this list?" All right, uh, number ten is snapper, which is fish. Um, it's a. I like a bit of red snapper, um, and mainly. A family of mainly marine fish with red snapper, the best known. Nutritious, but can carry dangerous toxins. Um, that's got a nutritional score of 69. Worth eating, so, though. Worth eating. Yeah. <laughs> Number nine is beet greens. Really the green bits of beetroot. Yeah. Uh, oh, the leaves. God. The leaves oh, of beetroot God. vegetables. High in calcium, iron, vitamin K, and B. So the waste part of the food now. Brilliant. Uh, especially riboflavin. Um, nutritional score of 70. All right, number eight. Don't really get this one. This has got a higher higher amount of calories than uh, the almonds. Um, pork fat. Ridiculous. <laughs> no one eats pork fat, on this, though, do they? A good, a good source of B vitamins and minerals. Pork fat has more unsaturated and healthier uh, fat than lamb or beef. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Number seven is Swiss chard. What is that? <laughs> uh, a very rare dietary source of uh, beta lates. I don't know what that is. Um, uh, thought to have antioxidant. A Swiss chard is a, is a, like a, um, a thing, isn't it? Yeah. I thought it was like a leaf. So green, green leafy vegetable, isn't it? <laughs> Swiss chard. Um, number six is pumpkin seeds. That one Ridiculous. you might have got. Ridiculous. Uh, including seeds of other squashes. Apparently that's quite good. So uh, one of the richest plant-based sources of iron. And manganese. Um, nutritional score of 84. It's pretty up there. And then I thought you were going to get this based off your superfood. And you started talking about acai, chia seeds. Chia yeah, seeds is. Year, I thought that was in in the running. I thought I was like, that you might get this one. Honestly, um, that's appalling, isn't it? The fact that's in there. <laughs> tiny black seeds. They're fucking like get it stuck in your teeth as well. I would just mm. don't eat them for that. Uh, number four is uh, flatfish, like sole and flounder. Generally free from mercury, and a good source of essential nutrient B one. Um, number three is ocean perch. Not a, not not a week goes by when I have my ocean perch. Um, <laughs> sometimes called rockfish. Um, high in protein, low in saturated fats. Doesn't surprise me that like it's fish is usually mm. the thing because like if we if you look through isn't it the like the, the most healthy hearts of like populations and like cultures and stuff like that. It's yeah, normally like fish. Mediterranean diet. They all just eat like shit mm-hmm. tons of fish um, and they live, live forever. So eat lots of fish. Um, and number two, I can't even pronounce this. That's how rare it is or the, my vernacular is pretty low. Um, Cherimora, Cherimoya, 
Is that a thing? Never heard of it. Cherry Moira. I'll put it. Never I'll put it, it in the chat. I'll put it in the chat. There we go. Never ever heard of that. What is this? It's a fruit of some kind, isn't it? By the Inca people. Edible fruit bearing plant. Cherry Moya. Fruit fleshy sweet with white pulp. Vitamin A, C, B1, B2, potassium. Nutritional score of 96, Dan. Get your clients on their Cherry Moya. <laughs> and then number one, you got it, almonds. Well done. Good job. I'm just I'm just proud of myself for getting almonds, mate. <laughs> I feel like this is content ready to go for you. Uh, um, other notable mentions, we've got some pike. Who's eating pike? Oh, my God. Where do these people get their food from? <laughs> <laughs> Scallops is pretty good. Frozen spinach, lovely. Why That's frozen? Good. I don't know. Uh, collard greens, love a bit of collard greens. Um, chili peppers, kale, cod, mustard leaves, coriander. Roe, there's so much fish in here, it's insane. Um, Chinese cabbage, sea bass, herring, fresh spinach. Weird, this didn't. Why is frozen spinach better than normal spinach? Then must keep more nutrients in or something. Plantain, love a bit of plantain, tuna, eel, um, lovely green lettuce, tomatoes, chives, mackerel, cayenne, sour cherries, kumquats, oranges, 82. Red currants, lovely. Jalapenos. Mm -mm -mm. What was number 100? Mr. Irrelevant was the sweet potato. All right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so if if you're if you're getting nutrition advice from Dan, I'd quit if I were you. Yeah, go to, just, just eat all the foods on that list. You'll be fine. Just go find some. Just, just, when you, just go find some ocean perch and some cherry moya. Uh, when, whenever, whenever you need it, just remember that your pork fat at six hundred thirty-two calories per hundred gram. That is the one to have. Okay. Whenever you are having hundred grams of fat, have the pork fat because it's super high in calorie, and you definitely won't. You definitely won't put on weight. It's only ninety-five cents per uh, per hundred grams, though, mate. So that's pretty good. Then. Lack them into it. <laughs> <laughs> calorie dense, but if you're looking at your calories per meal, yeah, and how much it costs you, it's pretty good. It's, whereas having Swiss chard is an, uh, only 19 calories, but for 29 cents per hundred, it's going to cost you more money to get your same amount of calories in that. Madness, isn't it? <laughs> well, All right. Mad. Uh, I know. All right, mate. Um, any other business? Not for me, mate. No. I, I pissed you off. This was this was exactly what that was going to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just love the nutrition world. You've got to love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, guys. Oh, um, if anyone's interested, by the way, and wants a bit of a laugh, Joel Sieben started releasing more videos recently that are even more batshit crazy than before. Just uh, everyone. Know. Oh, no. it's, it's constantly April Fools, isn't it? On his, account. I feel like he's he's really stepped up this year, though. I feel like he's really gone <laughs> beyond this year with his stupidity. Like he's doing it on purpose now. Like before, I was wondering. Now I know he's doing it on purpose. Go, just go watch. You'll see. Do another whole Joel Seaman show. Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. See you later.